Hello, welcome to another episode of the weekly news about Azure at the Azure Centric. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you um, that you are listening. If this is the first time that you are seeing this channel, uh, I have to say that please subscribe and help us out to spread our, our good content. Uh, if you think so, that is a good content. We are okay if you don't like it, but uh, <laughs> uh, right, we are very, very open minds over here. Uh, the idea is is to to spread our passion about technology, about Azure, and our experience as well to you guys with the new updates that they are coming. Uh, we have a nice um, episode today. Um, although with, with not very much of regarding the number of uh, updates, but some quality ones. And we mm. will uh, incorporate some uh, topics that we think that they are relevant uh, for this week. Um, so before everything, uh, Andrew, how are you, my friend? Uh, I am very, very good. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. It's it's. It's my highlight of the week. Before, <laughs> besides working with Azure, it's I'm looking forward to this, and and I'm counting the days uh, going to the end of the week to say, hey, it's time to record our podcast. It's it's becoming Absolutely. like my the end of the end of the week, right? It's it's kind of funny. It is. It's a it's a nice way to kind of uh, wrap up the week, and uh, you know, as you know, because we get kind of the privilege to work with Azure. Um, it's, it's really nice because it helps to keep us up to date, but I think it's really cool that we also get to share it with everybody Absolutely. and, uh, they kind of, uh, you, it's just fun, right? I think it's a really good way. Uh, we get to do it at the end of our week and then we, I think we publish on Monday mornings. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're riding the train in or you're taking, uh, you know, Uber or taxi or something to work or. Uh, you're on the really long commute uh, all the way from the shower to your desk at home. If we have a house like, it's a good way to break it up, uh, do something a little different. Um, you know, listen to us ramble on about uh, snowmen and all kinds of stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But although I have a funny story about, about uh, one of the updates that we are talking about, I was delivering a workshop and I was delivering a workshop about, in this case, security and about um, monitoring. And um, without already saying what was the, the, the update, but in the middle, they update this and I was on the lunch break. And then when he come, he appears differently. And I say, what? This doesn't seem right. Uh, so then I went. <laughs> I went to to this and and I went to the to the website and say, oh, they update this. So that's a nice story to call to just talk or to just uh, um, talk about on these on this podcast. Right. So, yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and that's something that actually happens fairly regularly oh, yeah. uh, if you're, you know, immersed in Azure uh, work. Right. Because Absolutely. I actually had the same thing uh, this week something I uh, was working on with a client and uh, we did a, we did a session at noon and then we did also an evening session and the interface for uh, what we were working with had changed. 
and I kind of was bumbling around a little bit looking for stuff, and I was like, I oh, geez, I, I I swear this was different earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's difficult for us because we are the SMEs, and in front, especially on those times that we are in front of a customer or doing a demo or doing a live demo because all the demos are live, right? They change mm-hmm. the back the, the back end. And we are saying, and then it's it's funny because now I use that to just say, hey, you should see our podcast because we are talking that every single week. And now you can keep Absolutely. up to date with all of those. So it was not a shameless plug, but it was a good plug. And it's and a good plug. It's it nice is. when everything ties together, right? Exactly. Because, um, you know, even, you know, for the different clients that we work with across all these industries that we get. Uh, that we get to kind of be involved in, um, it's important that they also stay up to date on Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, quite as you know, we set up a lot of automation and alerting and things like that. So a lot of stuff just happens in the background until it doesn't and something breaks. And then, of course, they have to go in and take a look at it. Sometimes we'll get a call. Sometimes they just can resolve it, which is really good. But uh, when they're not in these dashboards and these blades all the time, uh, it looks significantly different. So as you know, I have a big love of screenshots and big red arrows. <laughs> and uh, when we leave that documentation behind, sometimes it's just not the same. The arrow's pointing at something different in yeah. reality now yeah, exactly. because there's been different updates happen. But that's also the advantage, right? So for every kind of challenge we have around that. There's also a big advantage because, uh, you know, all of these Microsoft product teams are working so hard and making these fast, like rapid change. Uh, you know, what is it? The rapid deployment methodologies, yeah. right? So, um, you know, we make these incremental improvements and then release it multiple times. And it's a good thing. Um, it is, a, it's a different way to think. Uh, if, you, uh, you know, uh, like me and, and you a little bit, sometimes we have kind of an old school way of thinking about stuff. But when we sit down, we have a coffee and uh, we kind of think about it. Ah, oh, you know what? No, this is a good thing. Don't be frustrated because it's really positive. Yeah. Um, you know, the faster we get those changes out, the more agile we stay. We can move the businesses ahead as well. They have advantage um, and of course, like you say, we get the privilege of sitting in front of the customers and not knowing where the new things are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's happened to everyone. So if you it are, does. it does. If and you, you are listening, you know what? Uh, for but I think the the piece of advice that I want to share on that is if you're newer in the Azure space or you're newer to consulting or you're just kind of uh, really getting deep dive in uh, one or two of the services within Azure. Don't worry about it. Don't. Exactly. <laughs> That's my best advice. Just yeah. don't worry about it. Just go Customers, with the flow. Go with the flow. They don't care. Yeah. They know. All you have to say is, hey, you know what? This was different last night when I did my preview. No problem. We're going to roll with it. We're going to find where that feature changed to. It might have a different name. It might just be in a different blade. You know, and sometimes. I have another 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 tip for that is if that happens, point to this podcast because now yeah. they can they point. can uh, uh, see what's going on on the on the Azure updates. That is the shameless plug, but it's it's it, it is, is actually a good a good way to help. So if you have exactly. a client that's skeptical, what do you mean? There's a bunch of change. 
Hey, just link right back to this very podcast exactly. and in our intro today. Those those beautiful talk about those beautiful guys. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before, and, and I, I think it's worth mentioning again. I remember, um, I think it was about four years ago, um, I got to go to a conference in uh, Austin, Texas. You may remember I was extremely excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to see uh, real life, in person, the actual Jeffrey Snover talking about not just PowerShell things, but about change. And I remember very uh, close to my heart was, uh, because I, as you know, at that time, I was uh, struggling a little bit with what should I do next in my career. I had to make some decisions. There was a lot of change kind of hanging around uh, those decisions. And when he spoke, I almost felt like he was talking right to me. It, it, it was It was a very cool experience. But I think it was me hearing the message at the right time yes. also, right? And, uh, you know, he talked a little bit about how if you're not comfortable with change and uh, you can't deal or you're not used to dealing with uh, constant change in your career and in the environments in which you work, then you need to pick a new career. And that really spoke very harshly, but also very directly to me. Because uh, I think, you know, when you take kind of the, the roughness away from that, it's about just embrace change. Don't worry about it, like we were saying. And this is normal. This is the new way that IT evolves quickly and uh, constantly. Yeah. So these little changes, um, just roll with it. The big ones, yeah, go ahead. You know, take, uh, take an hour at the end of the day, have a cup of coffee or something and, uh, you know, sort it out. But the little ones, don't worry about it. Just roll with it. It's just how the industry is now. And it lets us all be better, better products, services, but also better people. And it's better for business because we can adapt more. So, yes, there's my little lecture on that. uh, But I I thought it was a bit relevant because, you know, we were uh, talking uh, so much about all these different little changes. And it really reminded me of that. So thank you, Mr. Snover. I appreciate your advice. Okay, (laughs) That's okay. And that's a very good advice as well, because we always pass through this. Um, but yeah, uh, let's start talking about the first one. This is a nice one. This is something that I always uh, like to see and now becomes available. That is the public IP SKU upgrade that is generally available. But that, mm-hmm. but what does this mean? It means that uh, the public IP, you have different SKUs, right? Uh, you have the basic and the standard. The basic is where you have, for example, uh, you have X amount of uh, theoretically uh, public IPs that you can use, but usually they are dynamic, right? If you want to move to a static one, um, then probably you need to go on the on the standard, right? And if you want more numbers, you need to go to the standard. Although. The issue was that if you want to upgrade from the basic to the standard, you had to, you know. Oh, you had to wipe it all out and exactly. you had to redeploy. You have to redeploy. And I, w- I was excited with this one uh, because this, uh, uh, this means now you can do the magical upgrade. Yes. Uh, 
long sought after. I mean, uh, I think we both wish that we had this one last year. Yes. Uh, we did quite a few of these. That was <laughs> exactly what I saw this. I remember saying, oh my God, this came like a year later. But that's okay. Exactly. I know. That's okay. okay. <laughs> it's hey, really... it's fine. I wrote a whole bunch of PowerShell. To take exactly. Care of that. <laughs> no problem there. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, it will save me a few hours of redoing PowerShell and, and, and ARM templates to just doing this. But the good thing exactly. about, yeah. about this is you don't lose the IP that you have it because problem with public IPs, you already have load balancers. Uh, you already have all the firewalls uh, uh, that you, sh in this case, following the best practice, you should not put hard code IPs, you should put because you have available on that, for example, on Azure Firewall to select what is the load balancer. So because of changes like this, it will not be impact. But that's right. Yeah, you don't have to rebuild everything for your firewall rules side. Yes, um, you can. Uh, if you choose, you can still redeploy and uh, um, or do upgrades, whatever you need to do for load balancers. But uh, it's a lot less work than it used to be, right? It's a little bit easier now. No, it's um, completely I remember, easier you know, now. We were talking. Because just now you need to just upgrade and that's it. You don't lose the, 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 the resource. You don't need to lose the resource. You're just upgrading yeah. and now you're being charged by a different and, and, yeah, and, and you have... Well, that's important to note too, right? So there's going to be a cost difference between uh, basic and standard. Um, and of course, you know, uh, Azure... It's kind of the king of tiered pricing. Um, it's pay for what you need. Exactly. So um, depending on how you look at it, it can be a little bit uh, scary when you think about increasing cost. Yeah. However, you don't have to do this on all of your equipment. If it's been yeah. working fine, um, you know, take a look at the features, know that it's there, know you can upgrade. doesn't mean you have to upgrade. This isn't a, this isn't a forced upgrade by any means. Absolutely. And the other thing that they did regarding this upgrade is besides the portal and the command line, what I like about this is you can do it by templates as well. So if you yeah, have already templates, if you already have a template, you can incorporate that, that very minor change on that template. And you can start with the basic right now. We don't need to start with the standard. That was, in this case, the project you mentioned that we worked together, that was the problem, was this. We had to start with a standard that have a different costs, right? And we can start with the basic um, on a, a new deployment. And if needed, okay, if needed, you can use the template or the CLI or automation, depending on whatever you want, to upgrade this, right, uh, to from the basic to the standard skew. And that's yeah, because now, that I now like you it. can actually do that upgrade without having to uh, do kind of a and redeploy. Yeah. And that, that's what we had to automate exactly. um, you know, last year in that project was a little bit of PowerShell for that. Now, the other piece in there that we've kind of uh, glossed over a bit is it's supported on a number of platforms. And I want to focus on one, and I think you're going to be uh, maybe surprised about which one I want to talk about today. <laughs> but uh, it's on PowerShell, CLI, Templates, API, and it's available across all Azure regions yeah. for once. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about API for a second because that means it's going to support things with automation. So ServiceNow um, automation, 
um, different tooling, um, things, you know, things like ServiceNow. So you can build it into workflows and all of that kind of stuff. So you can have approvals, put in a ticket, and there's an automated workflow uh, that allows you to upgrade from a basic to a standard uh, public IP. So really important um, that everybody kind of understands, uh, you know, even if you think you're in this world of, no, it's okay, we have a workflow to remove and then redeploy. Well, you can revisit your workflow a little bit <laughs> because you may be able to uh, do this even faster. So of course, you know, uh, go into your dev test and, uh, you know, try it out first. And uh, that's something actually I'm going to do because I think there's a couple of different uses for this um, kind yeah. of in-place upgrade from basic to standard. I'm excited about it, actually. I really like it. Yeah. And, and also on this, you can migrate from the, the classic reserve IP, in this case, uh, to the Azure Resource Manager, the ARM, basic IP public SKU, because it's exactly the same. If you still mm -hmm. are using the classic one, uh, now you can uh, migrate this without disruption, without any parts uh, of the things. That's another thing that I like about these updates. Um, I think um, it's a very cool one um, update um, and allow us to just to just do a lot of other things as we mentioned, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that you know I think we again we get the advantage of is because we get to kind of see how things evolve a little bit from week to week. And um, although this one wasn't announced uh, at least in our cycles of going uh, through a preview process. Um, it's really cool to see it launch uh, yeah. into uh, GA so that everybody can use this. Absolutely. So moving on to the next update, uh, and this was the update that I was working and that I see the, the, the things coming and I see the preview. Um, it was the view change data through uh, Azure Monitor Workbook integration with application change analysis. So I was in the middle of this. And then suddenly... It's a bit of a mouthful. I, yeah. it, it is. It is a big title, but that's okay. Um, I was able to pass that test. Um, uh, but this one is very interesting because now you have way more data and way more integration with something that we talk about, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the the previous episode, or it was two episodes. It was this application change analysis. That's right. Um, and that is the part that I love about this podcast is because it's 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 look like um, a soap opera, right? You have an episode that leads <laughs> to another episode that goes to another episode, and that's the part that I'm really passionate about this. And I was talking you to a friend to of mine. You need to warn me before you drop those ones. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the intention. This is not scripted. This is not... Uh, we only agree five minutes before we, we're doing this. <laughs> what is the order that we are presenting these updates? Nothing else. It's true. <laughs> Nothing else. Over here, it's, it's a pure conversation that we are recording. Uh, that's the only difference. But we are just talking about um, our experience and all updates and our point of view. And this was the one that I was mentioned on, on introduction, that I was in the middle of this. Um, and that was really, really cool. 
So you can see a lot of things like, for example, uh, the the impact, the dependencies, the data category, the importance timestamp initiated by, in this case, um, uh, keyword. And this is where I was because we had something, for example, uh, that I was using that, for example, who did, who started to um, lower, in this case, the, uh, the permissions. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, creating, in this case, a workbook and associated that with Sentinel to just going on investigation and to see why or, or, or who did, in this case, uh, retrieve, for example, MFA from a user. Um, and all of that was really nice to go there, starting work, start working on the, on the query, start working on the workbook, right? And then the rules associated with that. And then suddenly this was like, we went, we break for lunch. And when we coming, now I have the property that I wanted that was initiated by. And I say, but we look at this we look at this and it was not there before. And then I, and then because of the podcast, and this is, this is a true story. Uh, and, and then because of the podcast, I remember probably they, they changed this. Let me figure out. And I found this, I found this article <laughs> that was lunch around. I, uh, uh, at least I found like after my lunchtime, and, um, and I say, yeah, you know, guys, this is why uh, we loved working on Azure. It's because all of this, uh, they listen to us. They are, and I even kidding at that time. And I suppose not to say that even now that's going to be recording uh, with all the situation that is happening uh, in in US um, that I was saying that they were listening to us. It was at that time was a funny, but right now with all the things happening, I don't think it's funny to just say that anymore um, because taking apart a little bit, we are facing um, some dangerous times right now regarding technology with all the things that's happening, but that's okay. So, but this, what, what is this? Do, do you uh, do play with this already? Uh, I did look at it actually, to be honest with you, because um, I wanted to tie together a little bit uh, how you build the the workbooks, right? So, um, as you know, I do a little bit of work in Azure Sentinel, and that's, uh, you know, very heavily workbook and playbook based. So, um, kind of transferring the lingo from there over to uh, Monitor is actually very easy. So, it's one of the things um, that I also love about Azure is they try to keep things uh, somewhat consistent, right? So uh, if you are used to working with uh, workbooks in uh, one product, you can kind of move to another product that uses workbooks and you almost just inherently understand how to work with it. There's no big learning curve. And that's one of the things I like. Um, even though it's a different product, you don't have to have this big uphill climb, yeah. right? So one of the things I loved about this announcement was that Microsoft again has published a free uh, to a workbook template to use. 
And, uh, you know, you did mention kind of dangerous times. So uh, I'm going to tie together here uh, Azure Monitor and Azure Sentinel, um, because one of the things that I've been uh, working with uh, a couple of my clients on has been solar winds fallout. Yeah. So Microsoft has published in Azure Sentinel um, a whole workbook. Notebook. Uh, and playbook. It's a notebook. Yeah. Yeah, so they've, uh, I'm going to say uh, they've published the materials to allow you to just import that and start detecting post-compromise solar winds challenges. And when I say post-compromise, I'm just really talking about you've already fixed your solar winds problem and now you are looking for uh, other problems because as you know, when you get one compromise, that's going to plant many, many other seeds to grow in your systems and on your networks. And they can stay inactive for quite some yes. time. But uh, I saw on Twitter even this morning uh, over the weekend here that uh, they're still finding new things as part of that post compromise from solar winds. So, it is important to kind of uh, track that down and uh, make sure that if solar winds is in use on your network or was and you've removed it, whatever you've decided to do as a company, that you are still monitoring for post-compromise. Yeah. It's not over yet. It is a big deal for a lot of companies, including Microsoft yeah. themselves. But I love the transparency that Microsoft has had with this. And uh, it's a difficult situation from all angles. There's just no easy way. So the best way is uh, full transparency and honesty uh, because then people can just take the, the information and do what they want with it really Absolutely. from there. So Microsoft has shared um, some of the detection um, tools, I guess, that they're using. Um, I, I can only imagine it's not limited and certainly they have access to you know, the world's top tier of security experts on their teams for sure. Um, so uh, I, I think we're quite silly to not take advantage of those tools that they've produced for that. And not that. only the tools, so it's the knowledge you, as well. And that's the part that I like. It, it, it is, because right? I, yeah, because part of those, yeah, the workbooks allow us to draw the knowledge out of the yeah. data, right? So that's what the workbooks do for us in Sentinel. And uh, I think it's just absolutely critical um, that any company touched by that particular compromise is doing something about yeah. it. And not just like one thing, leave it alone and then move on. That's not going to cut it, folks. Absolutely. No, you really have to stay on top of it. And it's going to be a long term monitoring solution. It doesn't mean you have to spend every day with your head in there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying put the automation in place. And that's what yeah. Sentinel is for. And Microsoft is sharing uh, their expertise and, like you say, their knowledge um, by sharing uh, these workbooks and the playbooks for detection. Uh, super critical that we take advantage of that. And I, I just want to say, I actually run Sentinel in my own tenant, and I also run it in my testing tenant. And uh, it's so cheap. Um, now, I'm using Canada Central, uh, but I was worried a little bit that it was going to be uh, like a heavy cost because when I think of like all these big technologies, right? So you, you've got a log analytics workspace, you've got um, the Sentinel, all of these processes, the scanning, the reviewing, alerting, all these things happening. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I wonder how much this is really going to cost me. 
Well, I'm in a, I don't mind sharing. It's about 20 bucks a month for a real small business. And uh, that's an absolute drop in the oh, yeah. bucket. That's like four visits to Starbucks or something, right? So Depending on the coffee uh, that you drink, because it could be two. <laughs> that's true. What was it you ordered last year? You really caught me by surprise. You ordered something fancy and then it had whipped cream on it. I don't once. remember, but uh, I never beat my good friend Crystal that uh, I had... I, I think I still have the text because the way that she, what she wants on their Starbucks coffee is so big that I need to drink water after, after saying that to the, to the, to the coffee, <laughs> what the, the, the barista, barista. Uh, because yes. it's, it's big and it's very specific. And that's the part that I like about Starbucks is that, and yeah, it depends on the coffee. It could be like a 10 bucks coffee uh, and then it's two ta 10 bucks. But <laughs> that's, that, that's not the, the important part of the cost. What I like about, of course, that that's really important for a small business, right? But what I like about that is <clears throat> I'm doing exactly the same at my house, for example, because I have my lab over here um, and mm -hmm. I have a hybrid lab. I have Azure and I have my own lab. And all, and I did extend that, the agents and everything else to all, especially my kids. And now I have advanced threat protection associated with Sentinel, associated with machine learning, oh, associated uh, with all oh, the advanced features of the the new name, of course, Microsoft Defender, yeah. right? So, uh, I. It's it's amazing uh, what we're able to correlate now with the data. I was really I was working with a client last night actually, and um, I was absolutely impressed at the ability of Sentinel to bring everything together, but yet present uh, all of the data in a very usable way for absolutely. humans. And that's really that's the secret sauce in my opinion because we can collect all of the data and collecting data is easy. We have agents, we have storage accounts. That's yesterday's yeah. news, right? And the, the new thing that everybody's focused on for the last couple of years has been presentation. I got to tell you, Sentinel, boom, right on the money. Really <laughs> yeah, good job. They did. they did a very nice and, job. And I'm, I'm a little bit sorry because I know I took our conversation down the security <laughs> way. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, we started with Azure Monitor workbook integration and application change analysis. And that is an important one, of course, um, because it lets us track exactly. the changes. Uh, and I got really excited about change tracking and it just led me down this terrible, obvious road. But that, that, was, <laughs> that was the trigger for all of this that I was talking about because there was a change in the environment. So a user, mm -hmm. in this case, uh, got more permissions than it was supposed to or a user just lower the permission that it was supposed to. That was the, the trigger over here. So the part that I like about, about all of this change analysis, it's not only changing the, the configuration in all of that, right? Is is a lot of things that you are starting to record it on log analysis, in this case on, on Azure Monitor. And then, of course, the direct integration with this should be Sentinel. But even if you don't want to go with Sentinel, it's available for you as an alert on Azure Monitor. You don't have the same power Absolutely. that you have on Sentinel, of course, but you still have the possibility of getting that alert. Now it's up to you 
to look at the alerts, right? And that's the part that I like about well, the, this the... update. It's still in preview, okay? So we forgot to mention that part. It's still in... That, that is correct. It's still yeah. in preview. And the reason why is because application change analysis is in preview. Uh, and that's, that's, right. that's the reason it's in preview. It's not because Azure Monitor Workbook is in preview. Is this integration? <laughs> no, it's the application change yes, piece. Yes, that's, that's in preview. That's and the integration between both is in preview because of the application change analysis. I just want to clarify exactly. that. Uh, so there are no no other no other uh, confusion about this topic, right? Exactly. Yeah, and of course, uh, because it's in preview, uh, you know, our usual kind of a, a spiel about please do give them feedback uh, when you use this feature, because they're asking for it right in the announcement. They provide an email address that you can use to provide question or ask questions and provide exactly. feedback. That means good things and the bad things. Uh, and as always, I like to emphasize, please tell them about some of the good things, because if somebody else says, hey, that thing that you love is bad, then uh, you never tell them. Then all they know is that there's uh, some people that think that it's not a good feature and they don't like it. So they don't know the other side of the story. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, weigh in, uh, let them. And it's amazing to me, but Microsoft totally reads all of the feedback that they yeah. get. Um, I'm always surprised by that, and they still maintain it. Uh, they still do it, and uh, I think that that's really awesome. So, like, such a big company and all of these features and all of these different things, but they still listen to what everybody wants uh, to get out of the products and services. That That's why Azure is so freaking yeah. awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so let's move on to the next one. Monitoring your Azure Data Explorer clusters with Azure Monitor Insights in public, public preview. Uh, yes, right, public preview. So yep. again, Azure Monitor on the vanguard of the changes and it's bringing us two previews in this case. Um, and uh, this one, uh, I, didn't, I didn't see it because I was not working on that. Um, although I was working with, with the uh, workbooks, but it's something that this piece of the Azure Monitor for Azure Data Explorer um, Insights that is preview, uh, it's using that option. It's really cool what you can do regarding uh, this Data Explorer, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you can uh, kind of drill down and you can do a lot of granular uh, tracking analysis and of course, because we're talking about monitor, we're really generating exceptions. So we're getting alerts. Uh, and that's important because, you know, if you're using Azure Data Explorer, you probably have dependencies downstream for your systems and other reports um, based on those uh, outcomes from uh, Data Explorer. So uh, one of the things that I like about uh, these changes that are kind of uh, coming through, uh, and not just this one, but the last couple that we've seen for Azure Data Explorer is, uh, you know, A, you mentioned it, the uh, integration on the Azure Monitor Workbooks uh, kind of a platform. Uh, so again, we're standardizing, we're making it kind of a normal one-off way to generate logic and make outcomes happen. So uh, in this case, we can generate some alerts but you can identify a number of different things and you can do a lot of drill down analysis in Azure Data Explorer cluster 
and perform those detailed analysis based on different metrics and platform logs, yeah. right? So there's a lot of, uh, I mean, we could go through the whole list. <laughs> We'd be here uh, for a very long time, yeah. I think. But there, there's a few that uh, are probably worth calling out, right? So uh, the top CPU consumers. So in your in your data explorer cluster, you can see uh, kind of the the best of the worst or the worst of the best. I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> the ones that are too busy. That... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And. Uh, you know, but really, it's about just identifying uh, potential bottlenecks and uh, failures before they're happening, right? That's really what monitoring is kind of about at the end of the day, uh, letting us know about potential problems so we can uh, either eliminate or reduce uh, user-facing impact. So, um, yeah, there's some really kind of standardized monitoring things that we want to look at, memory usage, uh, table locks, table counts, uh you know, queries that are taking too long, things like that, right? So uh, when I uh, I take our kind of our old-fashioned SQL Server knowledge and apply it to the new ways, you know, uh, SQL paths and all of the different data, uh, Azure data um, services, we still have to monitor for a lot of the same things that we've always had to monitor for with data packages. And, um, you know, those those have that commonality, right? So you have to look at, you know, table locks, queries that are stuck, different things yeah. like that. You really want to watch your memory usage and your CPU usage, uh, especially over time. You can have, uh, you know, different queries or operations, update operations sometimes too, that uh, take a lot of those resources, but you want to watch how long those operations run. So whatever your threshold is, 10 seconds, 10 minutes, I don't know. But if it runs too long, then you should be generating an alert or at least a caution so that you're turning it yellow and you can investigate. Yeah. The the part that I like about this is is this is not the, 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 the first episode that we talk about this data, Azure Data Explorer. And the part that I like about this is uh, before jumping into the experience of using the Azure Data Explorer, you should understand, in this case, it's better to understand how it presents uh, this. And and what I like about Data Explorer, I've been working on that particular this week, is basically you can divide these in, in let's say, three categories. One of them is the scale perspective. The scale perspective is basically showing a, a snapshot, uh, a snapshot um, viewing your primary metrics of your clusters. So it's easy to track uh, the performance of the queries, the ingestion and the export operations that you have regarding the scale perspective, right? The other one that is, if you want to go, it's the drill down analysis of a particular, in this case, cluster that you have on Azure Data Explorer to help perform those very detailed analysis. And that's the part that I like about this Azure uh, Data Explorer. And the other one that you have is, uh, usually you have these two. It's the third one that I like is customizable. It's totally, it's totally sorry, um, customizable. So it means that you can change with metrics that you want to see, right? Modify or even set thresholds to align with your 
limits or with your alerts or with your baseline, right? It's it's yep. literally oh, absolutely, yeah. you can, and and the good thing about this then is this integration is is you can use that customizable to save your own custom uh, workbooks and then pin got it you have a workbook you can even pin that the workbook on the Azure dashboard and now you have that beautiful oh, yes. thing that you have available to just for you to see it. That's the part that I like about Azure Data Explorer. I was able finally to work this week with that. I, I, I got that, that possibility and it just blew my mind what you can do with even on preview. It's, it's insane mm -hmm. what you can do with that. I just want to bring that uh, my experience at least with that because I think it's, it's valid for, for this purpose that we are talking about. Um, during this and I, I did this on a live with customer on a workshop and it was like it was a kind of an exciting moment the 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 customer just loved it because they could see it all of this and i was learning at the same time uh, all of those possibilities uh, uh, uh working with with live data in this case of my of my environment so yeah that's why i i, I just want to share all of that because i think it's it's reasonable for you if you are listening right now about Azure uh, Data Explorer. Um, just go there and, 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 and play with. You will not regret it. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, go exploring with Explorer because, uh, you know, using the workbooks is a universal skill in Azure. Yeah. And you, you, you will very much benefit from that. And, you know, as always, check out Microsoft Learn. And Absolutely. see what they have to offer uh, around that. Uh, excellent resource, 100% free. And I love the way they've integrated the Azure Demo Labs yeah. uh, in there. So you can get the hands-on experience um, just as you read the article. <laughs> it's really it cool is, stuff. It is. Yeah. it is really cool stuff. So moving on, this is not uh, an update. It's more like a recognition. Uh, and we like to bring this over because we've been talking about Azure SQL since the beginning of, of, of the podcasts. And now this is more like a yeah, recognition that Azure SQL database was named among the top three databases in 2020. And this is the first time that a cloud, right? Uh, and they say over here that the cloud uh, database was uh, the first for the cloud database service in nine years of DB engines has published their rankings. So that's right. So that means Azure SQL is in the top three, and we're leaving on-prem technology behind. Yeah. Yep, it's starting to fade. And of course, as we know, uh, Microsoft has had a very strong focus putting all of their innovation into cloud space. It's more agile, it's more flexible, and it's more scalable. So uh, I know a lot of small businesses that, uh, like here in Calgary, I mean, I'm going to stick with what I know. Um, a lot of small businesses here um, that are apprehensive about cloud services, and I totally understand. Yeah. So it's it's scary. You know, you read stories, you hear people talking. Oh yeah, you know, I had a big bill for, you know, all this data and stuff. Well, that might be true. 
It absolutely might be true, um, but it's really important to hire an architect to come in and properly plan what you're going to use your cloud computing and cloud storage for. So you do have to understand those costs. Yeah. So the strengths of cloud is that it's flexible and it's scalable. So it might be the right choice for you, but it might not be. It really depends what your business needs. And uh, quite often when I hear those small businesses talk about, especially with a database, um, and I know I'm going to bleed this over to the next one a little bit. <laughs> so in the retail space, um, that's where we see a lot of data being collected, a lot of processing transaction data. So you want to move to the and, next one then? Um, no, not so much. Um, you can if you like. So let's jump I, into this of, because it's a bit of crossover. Is, right? I know I've spoiled the surprise. That's okay. I'm very that's sorry. okay because there is no <laughs> there is no much about saying that was a top three. It's not like an update, it's just an audible mention that we want to bring it. It's true. Uh, but Now, hold on. I have to ask about the accent a little bit here, Marcos, because it sounded like you said horrible mention. No. But I know you, and I know that you said honorable, honorable mention. Honorable mention. <laughs> yes. And thank you for, for, for that correction, because we want to be transparent as Microsoft I was just thinking is. we should fix that one right away. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And by the way, we uh, also for our listeners and viewers, uh, we don't do editing at all. Um, if you watch any of our other podcasts that we both do, we really don't edit a whole lot. No. Um, we are what you call, I guess, au natural. <laughs> I like that. So let's talk about this. But anyhow, so uh, what I what I was kind of talking about a little bit was, uh, and here's the crossover, right? So Microsoft has a very special uh, Azure retail. Right, so much the same as we've talked in the past about Azure Healthcare, um, they have a special offering for Azure Retail that has kind of tailored packages for retailers. And uh, it's important to just understand that uh, an Azure architect, a well-educated Azure professional is going to be able to help a business to choose the right product offerings and make recommendations on how to follow all of the pillars of good architecture, right? And certainly one of the ones we always come back to is cost. It's important to understand what that is upfront, but also what your long-term costs are. And that also means having somebody come back, uh, you know, a smart fellow like Marcos perhaps, <laughs> to evaluate your business every year or every two years, depending on what your technology roadmap needs. But it's important to stay agile and small business is not exempt from agility. You can adapt, and we've seen businesses doing that. And this is the long story to get there. We've seen businesses using Azure Retail in the last year through this whole pandemic, staying agile and scaling services down where it's needed, but also scaling services like web ordering and processing for remote orders and delivery, scaling those up. Yeah. So businesses that have been in the cloud are uh, really, uh, I think they're a little bit better positioned. And uh, I think that going forwards, we're going to have to keep um, uh, more, what am I trying to say? Stay more mindful of scalability options when, <clears throat> when we're implementing business solutions. Um, so I'm talking to business, but I'm also talking to all of us IT people out yeah. there because we have to make sure we help our customers. So there we go. I feel much better now. <laughs> <laughs> now it's it's really cool because 
Um, again, this is not an update. This is this is coming from the blog of Azure. Uh, but what we like to bring is we bring the technology and update that to the uh, our daily jobs. I was able to help in this case one of my um, local in this case in my in my on my uh, neighborhood. Let's call it so close to my neighborhood to just using this and it's really helping them to just um, with this time of crisis uh, of the pandemic that changed completely the way that they operate and um, they have problems like they have if I'm not mistaken one two three four they have like six or seven tables this was a small restaurant we, it was a um, a, a burger's house that they do burgers very kind of a, a boutique burger house in this case um, I like the sound of this already it, my god it's it's amazing it's one of my best burgers that I ever had uh, do you want to do you want to do a quick plug for them I prefer not uh, because no? okay. I'm talking about the technology and I don't want to discover. <laughs> I thought I'd leave it open. You know, I have a soft spot for things like I, that. I know that okay. <laughs> I, I can bring you there without any problem. But now I'm going to talk about the technology and I don't want and I didn't get that permission. Uh, so I think oh, that's also true, right? Yes, we have to be careful with permissions in exactly. this modern time. But, but you're right. So what you've what you've done with that business, though, is really empower yeah. them. And, uh, you know, that's a little bit about what this blog post talks about, too, is its resilience driven by people enabling the technology, you know, right? Completely, because the thing that we were able to do is shifting completely the way. Because at their time, they were working, they were not working full hours. They were not those kind of uh, McDonald's of life or Burger Kings of life that they are like almost 24 by seven. It's not that they are literally a boutique. Okay. So they have certain hours. I, I, and the thing is with all of these restrictions that we have, for example, in Alberta, that we have only 50% or, or 25%. It's like, they well, have like, it's, yeah, it's like 50. They yeah, have eight the, tables. They keep changing the number. I have to admit, but it's like a very small number. I think it's like 15% capacity or something. Yeah. I don't know. But now you can't sit down in a restaurant, no. um, but you can order takeout, exactly. right? So the restaurant can be open, but you just can't go exactly. there. Exactly. And the way that you are, the way that they were being prepared is they have the POS right there. Uh, you order there mm -hmm. and they were not ready for taking orders online. Let's go this way. Um, because the their website was only, for example, only for... Um, for promotion, nothing else. Uh, and what we were able to do with not very much, and I'm not a developer, was able to work with out with all of this, right? With social distance, with ordering, with starting to see a kind of a way that we can integrate their stock, what they needed to offer to the customers and so on and so forth. So yeah, so it's it's what they did with data, with data and AI to just saying, hey, you are getting too much of this. So now we can integrate a model um, that they kind of advise them, okay? Working with, with software engineers, of course, 
that we can work with that and building a solution for them. And now they are they have a, a solution they can manage their stock. They know what is being ordering. They know what people are ordering, what time of ordering and all of that because the AI is coming and they get more prepared because we have to remember all of this pandemic is changed the world in the way that affects supply, affects the, uh, the manufacturing, affects everyone. We saw it. Absolutely. Uh, we saw it. For example, I had to wait like a month and a half to get my video card. And I got only, yes. only like so two, week, two of, days ago. Yeah, a lot of the electronics manufacturing, I've been having, uh, I've had to order some other stuff for myself as well around here, as you know. And um, the, the waiting period, but also the cost is really yes. going up. Uh, very quickly, I've noticed um, on a lot of electronics, and uh, as you know, like there's the obvious, uh, it's the offshore uh, manufacturing, and the the supply chain is broken. But uh, when um, you and I dug a little deeper into it, and we talked about this before, uh, like I think maybe last week, I think we talked about it um, off camera. But uh, we, <coughs> excuse me, we were talking about how when uh, you have even the manufacturing here, a lot of the components are sourced worldwide, right? Because we have, uh, you know, just like you and I, manufacturing is worldwide. So uh, they get their parts from everywhere. They get different components. Uh, the solder comes from uh, different locations. It's not all in Canada. Um, we don't. We simply just don't have all of the natural resources to produce everything here for those things. So when they order them in, uh, one component becoming late causes the whole supply chain to be disrupted uh, because uh, they can't create their finished product. Right. So it's the same as the car manufacturing. I think that's been in the news in the last week. Um, you know, they're having some supply chain challenges with different components again. And uh, it's the same outcome, right? Where the, the delivery is impacted because of supply chain delays. So yeah, I think um, it, it impacts everybody, but for small business, they don't have those buffers. It's not the same. Uh, you yeah. know, when we've been closing and the scaling up and down with the pandemic, like you were saying, it's difficult because it's constant adapting. Okay, now I have to extend my my pos system again so i can do orders in the store but you also have to uh, maintain social yeah. distancing you have to have sanitizing you have like there's, there's different things it's just change and it's about adapting absolutely. right absolutely so i one of the things i like is um with the microsoft retail offering that uh they are really supporting businesses there's actually people you can phone they have experts at 1-800-microsoft-retail that can work with you, but there's also architects and experts like Marcos that can help the small Absolutely. business to stay adaptable and scalable. Yeah. And that means both scaling down and scaling up in different areas. Uh, it's about that assessment and knowledge, yeah. right? And, and, and again, and what I like about this is, this is not the first time that, that Microsoft introducing um, a kind of a cloud, because it's a cloud services for a vertical. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw a few months ago uh, Microsoft Cloud for healthcare. It's a bunch, nothing more than a bunch of services for healthcare. 
and now we we starting to see Microsoft Cloud for retail. Uh, this was announced this week, um, and that's the part that that is interesting to see it. It's they are starting to leveraging all the power of the cloud, all the ginormous amount amount of 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 um, services that they have available, and starting to build some kind of offerings that they are specific for what they need in this case, right? And that's the part that I see. Um, and that's the part that I see this involving too, because again, we talk about this, I think, um, over a podcast and, and, and I talk all this on other podcasts as well, um, that to build this, you need to build the infrastructure first, right? To make sure that the infrastructure is resilient, is scalable uh, and it's ready for everything that you put on top of it. So basically create the foundation. Uh, and, and on top of that, now you can put all the services that you want and starting slicing down if you want or starting getting all of these offerings. So this is the way that I like about, about this and I think it's it's a, a, hor- a honorable mention and I think I did that correct, mm-hmm. correct? this time <laughs> absolutely um, is to to say it's, it's a news um uh, it's update but it's not a, a picture of azure it's uh, it's an update on our reality now uh because we've been talking about yeah. the healthcare and... so much i think it's it's very uh, fair to just talk now that microsoft released this to retail absolutely yeah and i think um you know that kind of paints a bit of a picture about the microsoft culture as well yeah. right and some of the responsibility. So, you know, last week we talked a bit about sustainability. Um, so environmental uh, sustainability and green data centers and things. And this week uh, we talk a bit more about social and cultural responsibility. And Microsoft is just stepping right up on yeah, that one, absolutely. Uh, 100% absolutely. beyond. Uh, but uh, they're really uh, supporting businesses. They're supporting healthcare. They're uh, putting in the frameworks and the expertise across the Microsoft professionals field to really support all of these industries and uh, the like even the specific verticals like this week we talk about the retail vertical, right? So, um, you, you know, Microsoft wants everyone to be successful. They want, of course, they're a business. They want to sell product, but they also want people to buy things responsibly. So, you know, um, if it's not uh, uh, the right choice, Microsoft professionals are going to tell you uh, from at least our perspective um, what we can do to help. And sometimes uh, it's the right choice to not use Azure services. Absolutely. But I think in many cases, uh, it actually is because it's so highly scalable. And again, it means being able to shrink and grow uh, quickly. And Azure at 100% strength in that area. So we arrive at the end of our podcast, unfortunately. Um, I know that's sad news uh, for for you and me and for you that you are listening and and seeing this. Uh, But yeah, Um, what I would like to say is thank you uh, for making your time to just listen to our podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe, um, to like. Um, and if it's the first time, just put the ring or just click on the bell to just get notifications when we are launching this. 
uh, or all the launching of the content on Azure Centric. So once again, thank you very much for uh, for being here, and uh, and thank you, Andrew, for your availability. Um, and I hope that I can see you next week. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah.